This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a cheese sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. I know we should escape my sight, but those who worship evils might be where my power green lanterns lie. But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone. Go welcome to Across the Airways, DC Nation section. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews that Cartoon Network's popular Saturday morning programming block, entitled DC Nation, which currently features episodes of Green Lantern the Animated Series and Young Justice, as well as various DC Comics animated shorts. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host, and with me is the most infamous of our Across the Airwaves core, ATA's Retro Reviews host, Michael J. Petty. And what are we covering this week, Michael? Can you share with us in your awesome announcer voice? Absolutely, Dan. This week on Across the Airwaves DC Nation, we'll be covering the Green Lantern Animated Series finale, Homecoming. After that, we will be covering three new DC Nation shorts, including a new Who's Who in the DC Nation... Sword of the Atom Part 1 and a new Super Best Friends Forever. After that, the Young Justice Invasion episode Beneath and the next installment of the Smallville Season 11 series written by Brian Q. Miller. Yay, exciting. And that is Guardian Part 5? Am I correct? 6. 6. Guardian Part 6. So that'll be a great thing to be a part of our podcast. But for now, we're going to take it away with talking about the Green Lantern, the animated series episode, which was a great mid-season finale, entitled Homecoming. Atrocitus wrecks havoc... Wait, wrecks vengeance on Oa as the Red Lantern Armada crosses, crosses into the Green Lantern's face with only Kilowog to stop them. It's up to Hal to take the... Sh- Dang it. Shortcut back to Earth by teleporting across the universe from the Star Sapphire's homeworld of Zamora to stop Atrocitus and Zealous Sox from killing the Guardians. Yeah, and you must have swallowed that a hair. So long. I said you must have swallowed a hairball. A hairball. Wow, I swallowed one too. Shaped like Zealous Sox. Mm-hmm. To uh, you know, do that opening part. Pretty much. Yeah, you're running out of breath, man, on that the announcer voice. It's so hard. Darn you, Green Lantern Wiki, what? for such a long summary. Get that from the Wiki? Why didn't you go to G- or the TV.com? Because I thought this was better and more useful, but maybe I was wrong. Well, now we know. And then now the Green Lantern Wiki's calling you to yell at you for... For messing it up. Yeah, messing yeah. up their intro. But well, anyway... I'm sorry that I'm not perfect. Well... Kilowog was kind of perfect in this episode in terms of his fighting, though. Because as soon as he made the decision to take on the entire fleet of Red Lantern warships, as Hal and Razor left him behind to find a way to Oa, I knew we were in for one heck of an action-packed mid-season finale. And I'm pretty sure you agreed with me on that, right, Michael? 
Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay, once Kellogg's like, okay, I got this. We're like, okay, it's on now. It's awesome. Yes, he does. Got this. And again, once again, it goes to show you that Kellogg is one of the most awesome Green Lanterns. By him taking on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You got you got your fill. I did. Did you got your fill as well? I did. But I got a little confused in this episode. I mean, I thought it was jarring how we're like, okay, we're gonna fight the Red Lanterns and Kellogg's gonna take on the fleet and Cal's got an idea and then all of a sudden we're on Earth. <laughs> yeah, what that the heck. I was a little confused by that myself. Okay, so you did agree with me that it was a little jarring. Yeah, it was a little, like, eh. It's like, what was going on? I was like, is this a different episode? What happened? <laughs> they cut something out? What? Yeah, it was strange. Okay, it made sense later on. That was the good part. That's the important part, but... Yeah, starting but at out first, initially, it was kind of, eh. If this was a pilot, we would have been lost. Exactly. Well, and him not having his memory, that was a little trippy. He's like, what? Yeah, yeah. And Carol Ferris has blue eyes now? What? Yeah, that actually really confused me. I'm like, wait, how would that make him lose his memory? I I, I was like, what? Yeah. Well, the in the blue eyes thing, that was confusing. It made her character model actually look better, though, when they did that. Yeah. Except I, I don't think that's the right color eyes that she has, but whatever. Didn't she have those in the other episode? I don't think so. Well, they were kind of glowing pink in the Star Sapphire episode. Because in the pilot, I swear they were brown. Okay. Which is what I think they are in the comics, so... Whatever. Oh, well. Yeah. So, anything else about the return to Earth? I'm glad we got to go back to Earth. Me too. That's about it. Yeah, and really, honestly, things made a lot more sense. As, you know, Carol in this kind of funny scene helped Hal find his lantern. Figured out where it was. And this kind of set up a flashback where Hal explained that he and Razor traveled to the Star Sapphire's homeworld as a means of finding a way to get to Oa. And so Hal thought the best way to do that would be using their powers to get himself transported to Earth to be with Carol. And with another crazy plan with Hal... I've got to say, I really enjoyed Carol Ferris's presence in this plan. Mm-hmm. And, and we got character development for her from her as well, with her kind of selfishly wanting to keep Hal on Earth with her. Yeah. Which I get that. I mean, she's kind of lonely. I mean, she doesn't really have anybody besides Hal. And she doesn't have any friends. <laughs> I know. She has to work all the time, and it's sad. I'd mm-hmm. hang out with Carol Ferris. I would. But yeah. then Hal would want to come to Earth and beat the crap out of me, so... Maybe then he would now. come to Earth, for sure. Yes. But then she gets inspired to do the right thing, like all heroes' girlfriends do. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of lose their way, and then the hero helps them fix their direction, makes them better people, like Superman, how he affects Lois Light. And she lets the man she loves go off to save the galaxy, which was a tearjerker thing. But I thought it made the fight with Atrocitus more epic. You know, mm-hmm. the classic fire pilot being told by the woman he loves, go get him. Go take down the bad guy. Go get him, Tiger. Go Wait. get him, Tiger. Yes, that was awesome. Good stuff. Yes. Yes, it was. 
But I think there was something even more epic in this episode. Unless you had more to say about Carol coming in. No, no, just that um, <laughs> it was exactly what we needed and what Hal needed. Yeah. But I think there was something more epic that occurred in this episode. Was it there, Michael? Yeah, yeah. A lot of things. Would you like to share with the class what that was? St. Walker? Yes. Is that where we're going? Yes. Because okay. we've been waiting for that all season. And it wasn't just St. Walker that showed up. It was St. Walker as what? A blue lantern. All will be well. So, how excited were you? I was like, yes! I was yelling at the TV. And then your family told you to shut up again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, it was definitely worth it. It was cool. It the, was awesome. The blue light well, and everything. Well, and the thing is, in the comics, we don't really normally see the Blue Lanterns fight. Yeah. They're kind of just there for moral support and to add, like, boost to the Green Lanterns. But in this, we actually saw him do stuff. That was cool. It was, was very cool. It was like an EMP thing. Yeah. With the ring. That was neat. It was very cool. And it was it was all pacifist fighting thing. He just disabled the ship. He didn't kill anybody. Didn't hurt yeah. anyone. It just kind of turned off the ships and they just kind of floated there. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. And then the it whole thing. perfect sense. And then how about Mogo showing up? Yes. Yes. I mean, it was a great time. He killed him. I was like, we need some backup. And, and then, then he's right behind him. Like, oh, snap. It's like, yes. <laughs> and then that was even neater when they rose the stakes. Because you figure, okay, once Mogo's in the fight, it's all over. But they rose the stakes even higher with Shard having that defensive shield. Mm-hmm. And then them combining powers with uh, St. Walker and Mogo teaming up. That was great. That was a cool idea. That was great. We haven't seen a Green Lantern and a Blue Lantern combine their power like that before. No. And it was really impressive. Absolutely. The only thing that even has come closer in the comics is when Hal had both the rings on at once. Yeah. But that more screwed him up than helped him. Yeah. This was how it should have been done. Yeah. And this was something different. We hadn't seen this kind of stuff done before. So very cool on the animator's part. They're very gracious on Jeff John's part. To give them freedom to do what they wanted with this, mm-hmm. and, and make the you know Saint Walker useful. Yes. Again, if we get action figures, the Blue Lanterns need to be able to provide some action, right? Mm-hmm. So this helped that set up perfectly. Again, I don't know how you do an EMP with a action figure, but okay. It can work, especially since I have no action figures for the show. Well, if you if you get a they start selling a St. Walker with EMP action. I can see some kid going up to their TV, frying it. The microwave, <laughs> frying it. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> when it says EMP action, maybe you could squirt water instead. That'd be an actual EMP. <laughs> <laughs> Planes are falling out of the sky because people are playing with Blue Lantern action figures. Oh, gosh. That would be great. No, it would not be great. That plane's falling from the sky. It'd be okay on TV. It'd be cool. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like a comic book plotline. That's Toy Man. Yeah, he puts EMP action in all the action figures, and that's how he tries yeah. to destroy the world. 
All right, I have to go write a new fanfic now. So oh my gosh. I will be back. <laughs> Gov. Coming soon to Young Justice. You're just giving. You're just fueling the fire. I know I am. That's bad. We uh, didn't start the fire. No, ATA didn't start the fire. ATA didn't start the fire. Is it that fun that we could do throwbacks to past episodes now? Because we have so many. I know. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. We need to do it more often. And as we triumphed with having flashbacks, and Kilowog triumphed on the battlefield. I felt Razor had a success of his own. Didn't he in this episode? Yeah. Some little robot love? Yeah. Yes. Yes, he did. And I thought that was paid off nicely for a shipper like you, Michael. Oh, yes. When the Sapphires used Razor's love for Aya to transport Razor to Right there. That That was was pretty. Yes. You gotta love it. I've been waiting for that for 13 episodes. (laughs) Yes! Get together. The new power couple on DC Nation. Yes. DC, and because we can't get Superboy Miss Martian. Yeah. Again, I just thought it was awesome that Razor got in there and he's like, to Atrocitus, his cronies that took over the ship, and he's like, don't mess with my woman. Mm-hmm. And he taught him that the hard way. You know what I mean. As he saved an extremely thankful Aya, yes. From being mm-hmm. deprogrammed. Yeah. Good stuff. And with that, Michael, I know I criticized the show for making Aya the damsel in distress, but I thought it worked here beautifully through it just expressing how much Aya and Razor have come to care about one another through the past 13 episodes. Absolutely. And then, I mean, this really was taken off nicely with the, you know, cliche line, but it was, it worked perfectly here where Aya was just, you saved me, Razor, you know? That's a great thing. I mean, it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. And, and it helped me forget the heartache of uh, Superboy and Miss March and now being broken up. Mm-hmm. Even so, though it still burns me a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, as a big fan of the Aya Razor situation, you got some two cents to drop on that one? Well, besides being very, very happy it happened, I am hoping it stays. I'm hoping it just develops, or keeps developing, and they don't stall with it and try and screw with it, screw with us. I don't see how it can't just keep going. You never know. I I don't, I don't, because I feel like we're going to get more into stuff stuff with with Hal and his story with Carol now. Mm -hmm. And and I think what it's going to be is there's just going to be challenges in Razor's relationship with Aya. With her being a robot and him being a human or an alien, I guess. Alien is the best way to say it. And then there's probably going to be issues with her being a Green Lantern and him being a Red Lantern. Mm -hmm. So there's stuff like that. And I wonder if they're going to be separated for a period of time, depending on how this whole Kelp the Forbidden Zone and you know, now Aya's kind of become an official Green Lantern. How that's all going to work. So they they might be away from each other for a period of time, just based on what their duties are to each group. Mm-hmm. Because I would assume that Razor's home world needs help or something. Razor's? Wasn't it kind of destroyed? I don't know. I, I don't know if it was destroyed exactly. I just thought it was like 
there was a war going on. I don't know. But I feel like he's going to think it's his duty to help the Red Lanterns, you know, clean up their mess or whatever. And rebuild and all rebuild that. Rebuild and all that, yeah. Well, then, Aya, couldn't she be, like, the Green Lantern liaison to the Red Lanterns? Yeah, maybe. We'll see what happens. I think there's going to be some complications. I also think she's going to run into trouble where I don't think the Guardians are going to take her seriously. And there's going to be an oh. issue with that. Because, I mean, I think she's won over Isle and Kilowog, but I don't know if she's going to win over the Guardians. And there wasn't time in this episode for them to really react to her. True. There's too much going on. Yeah. Moving on to the big showdown between Atrocitus and Hal. I thought it was exactly what a finale fight should be. The bad guy was fighting incredibly dirty. Yes. Things got pretty rough. That I think the audience felt every punch. My yes. Michael. Oh my goodness. That was brutal. That end part where Atrocitus just leveled hell. I I don't know how his skull wasn't smashed in after that. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Crazy. And it really it doing that made the hero's victory really come down to the wire. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed all is lost for hell and he managed to get that one last burst of strength to win the day. That was great. Mm-hmm. But with that, you know, the whole victory thing, I was really curious if the burst of strength he got after taking a severe beating from Atrocitus came from Hal's human strength, or if it was his willpower somewhat doing something that allowed the ring to take over. Because I felt the way he took down Atrocitus without using really any kind of smart quips or his usual bravado made me feel like the ring took over because it was just really emotionless in my opinion. Well, the ring can't really take him over. Yeah, but it, it was it was weird how that worked out. Because, I mean, after him taking that such a beating, I mean, I would think he was, like, unconscious, you know? I don't know. I don't get really what happened there. I. It felt more like he knew. The difference is, like, you know when Spider-Man is fighting, like, a normal bad guy, he always, like, you know, does all the quips and stuff like that? Goofy stuff, yeah. But when he's really mad or really knows he needs to concentrate and he knows he needs to win, he stops. Okay. It felt like that. Okay. Because I, I just always go back to that big fight with Sinestro that he had at the end of the Sinestro Corps War. That was a little different, though. Okay. With Atrocitus, there was, like, no reasoning with him. With Sinestro, Sinestro thinks... It was kind of like, you know, it was a battle of wills yeah. between Hal and Sinestro where it was like, a blow, and then they were boasting and then fighting some more, and, you know, both of them were kind of on their big high horse throwing their opinions at each other. And I guess Atrocitus, they kind of did that before. Then we were past that point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think regardless on whatever happened there, I think Hell defeating Atrocitus got his point across to the Guardians. Yeah. About time. They almost seem to die to listen to reason. Jeez. No kidding. It's, they're the worst. Stupid Smurfs. <laughs> you you Guardians are so tiny. They're petty and tiny. That's why Asgardians run the world in uh, the Marvel Universe, right? <laughs> yes. Because the Guardians are just little blue people that don't know what's going on half the time. <laughs> why doesn't Batman run the Guardians? 
Seriously. A good point. Could work a lot better. Well, yeah. Could you see that? Like, although that'd be more like martial law than anything. <laughs> oh my god. Let's be real. I I just picture this like funny little like sketch or something where it's like somebody's like, yeah, we've brought in a consultant to help the guardians be more efficient. <laughs> but it's Batman. <laughs> Political cartoon. Yeah, something like that. We need to get someone to draw that. And Batman does like a corporate analysis. He's walking around like a with a clipboard. No, it's not gonna work. Yes. I mean, I just he's walking with the clipboard, like checking things off. No, no, this doesn't work. They need a car. Yes. Need more vehicles. This isn't a car. <laughs> Do guardians come in black? <laughs> Do guardians come in black? Jeez. Oh my God, we're getting lost. <laughs> there no, we go, oh God. We're not getting off. We're going down the river. And honestly, the big thing is... The the big thing is, Ganthet needs an apology. Gosh darn it. No kidding. I mean, where was that? Oh, we're going to fix the problems. We're going to, you know, deal with the consequences of our actions. But what about the guy you threw out, buddy? Ganthet keeps getting screwed. There you go. Yeah, Batman should mark him up for that one. Yeah. Yeah, close the door on their operation for that one. And the other thing that was kind of surprising to me was leaving Zillis Zox in charge. That was like the stupidest decision they could have ever made at that point. I said that I thought the people would be better off going back to the Manhunters being in charge. No kidding. Instead of a bubbling henchman shaped like a beach ball. Instead of Starscream. Yeah, I know. This guy is basically... The beach ball version of Starscream. The one that Left you just are able to actually kick around. And cannot and stand. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, oh. Lord Atrocitus. I'll do, do anything you want, Lord Atrocitus. I don't think that's going to last long. I think someone's going to come in and kill him or something. My precious Lord Atrocitus. Oh god. He's what, not a Lord of the Rings character. What is a hobbitus? Oh god. What is a hobbitus? Well, this is about rings. So I guess it fits. Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, Go. Green Lantern style. Okay. Oh that would be great. That's, like a, that's white, a bad short. White, no, it's the White Lantern instead. Go. Wouldn't that be incredible? Could you see that? Oh, man. Okay, Dude. Green Lantern animated series creators. Come on. Get Hawkman comes out. And you can have my mace. You can have my yes, yes. You can have my mace. That's that's fantastic. Oliver comes out, and you can have my bow. Duff, duff. And then we who else? We need one more person with a sword. Who has a sword? And the Adam comes out. You can have my sword. And they're like, No, we don't want you. Okay, it's really small. It's like a thimble. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, No, we don't want you. And they flick him away. <laughs> That'd be great. Go. I could do that. Wow, we're beating up on the Adam. That's terrible. <laughs> but uh, let's face it, he's pretty useless unless he's full size. And helping little tribal people, I guess. I yeah. Yeah. Foreshadowing <laughs> this podcast. But uh, going back to talking about the Manhunters being left in charge, 
I'm not necessarily sure if this is where the show's going to go. I mean, it, very well, the rest of the season could be about Atrocitus breaking out of his science cell to take back control over the Red Lanterns. The Red Lanterns. But red, I'm kind red of... Red Lanterns? Yeah. Just that Zillis Zox hairball in my mouth again. Yes, Lord Atrocitus. Oh, God. But I'm thinking that the Guardians' plans to repair the damage caused in the Forgotten Zone is going to be met with the return of the Manhunters. Dun, dun, dun. I just think that's where it's going. Because they already have an animation design for them and everything, and I think that would make this most sense, don't you? But I want Sinestro. I think that's going to be season two. <sighs> Plus, don't you have to have the Manhunters first before you could do Sinestro necessarily? No. Did they ever explain what they did with the Manhunters? No, that's why I'm saying. Then you could just bring Sinestro back already in control of him. Okay, I guess. And then he could just drain all the Green Lantern's batteries. Yeah, because you could say the falling out with Sinestro happened before the series started. Yeah. If you wanted to, okay. Because there's been no mention about him so far, and you'd think at this point he would be involved with the Red Lanterns. Yeah. Let's be honest. I just feel like... That bringing in Sinestro like midway through is, I don't know if that's going to do it enough justice. Because I feel like it just doesn't connect right now. Well, these I mean, these writers and these creators of the show, I mean, they obviously right. know what they're doing. They got us a whole Red Lantern story arc in 13 episodes, and not all of them yeah. even connected to the story. And I, don't th I just don't think everything with the Red Lanterns is done yet. I feel like first season is Red Lanterns. Second season is Sinestro and the Yellow Lanterns. And that's fair. Yeah, I think that's where it's going to go. I'm not sure. But also with this next half of the season, I wouldn't mind to see you know one or two episodes that took place on Earth. That would be nice. Uh, it would be kind of fun to have an episode where the crew is on Earth. And their reactions to Earth and, people. And kind of complicate Hal's life a little bit. Razor on Earth would be terrible. <laughs> Oh, if they do that, we need to do the Beware the Batman crossover. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? And I, Well, I think it would be fun. I think Io would be fun on Earth, too. I think there's some stuff that they could do with her that would be kind of amusing. Her and Carol have a girls' night out. Yeah, something like that, you know. Like our episode of Young Justice. Yes. Which had its fun parts and had its weak parts. We'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit. But you know what else would be kind of fun? Because if they did the Earth episodes, they did a story maybe with Hector Hammond or Black Hand before he goes zombie mm -hmm. to set that stuff up. Mm -hmm. So that would be interesting to see, too. Yeah. Main thing is, I think this mid-season finale did a good job of proving to us that there's more great things to come for this show. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to keep getting better. Because with these 13 episodes, I was very, very pleased. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it outdid and surpassed the movie in a lot of ways at different points. Which <laughs> is pretty impressive as well. Especially for a CGI TV series. Yes. Yeah. And this final battle was pretty awesome. Here. I mean, this felt like an epic movie final battle you would get. Oh, no. Don't go that far. Will the fates. Yeah. That needs to be done. Someone needs to edit. I'll edit that. Oh, gosh. Edit the entire episode to Duel the Face. There you go. That would be fun. That could be very or fun. Just, or just the scenes with uh, the f just the fighting scenes. 
Just the yeah, just the fighting scenes, not the whole episode. Just the the ship battle, and then intercut that with. Would that be great? I think I'm gonna do that. Well, the one the part where Qui Gon dies in the song that should be when Hal gets the beat down. Yes, you were so right. Oh, that would be awesome. I love you so much right now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Not in a weird way. Oh God. I expected the doorbell to ring and your girlfriend shows up. How could you? You made Michael want to paint me green. And now he loves you more than me. What is this? <laughs> Sounds like a bad soap opera. That's so bad. Uh, Great idea. Well, you, know what's, doing that. you know what's kind of a bad soap opera? Animal Man! Well, that's kind of a bad soap opera because it was a repeat short. I know. That kind of sucked. That was disappointing. I mean, we knew about... We learned about Animal Man, like, what, two weeks ago? No, last week. Last week. So they played the same one two weeks in a row. Yeah. What are you smoking over there, Cartoon Network? (laughs) You Cartoon Network executives are so tiny. Yeah. And petty. Does Batman need to come in and analyze their work? Batman needs short. Batman wants to be involved. Well, I felt that they made up for it big time with bringing in uh, the Sword of the Atom shorts. <laughs> I liked them. I thought they were fun. I liked how it started out with a Hawkman cameo in references to Justice League. Okay. Could that possibly take place within the Young Justice universe? That's what I said. I was going to say the animation appeared as if it could fit in there. Yes. I agree with you. It also could fit in with the animated DC animated films. As well. Especially the Superman Batman one. Yes. That Hawkman is right out of there. So I, I think it's the same animation companies. Okay. I think it's the same people that did those and the shorts and everything else like that. I thought that the plane crash was a very simple way to explain how the Atom ended up lost in the Amazon and avoided all that teenager stuff when he was reverted back to a teenager and oh, thank goodness all of that. Oh my gosh. That would have been a nightmare. That would have been very confusing. So they just said there's a plane crash. He's trapped in the Amazon. He's shrunk down. That's how we're doing things. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. That was really well done. The problem with this was, I thought, just after watching this first short, that this series would almost be better as like a DC animated film or one of those 10-minute shorts featured along with yeah. the films. Because, I mean, I just felt like just as I got into this story, it ended with a to-be-continued. Which means we'll see it next week, right? Right, which is fine and great, but I just thought it was too quick. Yeah. You know, I I just didn't feel absorbed enough to the story that I could connect right back in next week, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, part of me wishes that some of these shorts could be just a little longer. Yeah. Just, like, give us, like, an extra, like, half an hour... Where it's two shorts put together, you know, it's That'd two cool. ten-minute shorts. Because they do that. they used to do something like that um, on Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. They had something called "What a Cartoon Show" on Cartoon Network, and what they would do it was it was just a half an hour of uh, originally created um, shorts for Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. and some of them were very popular that they got picked up as their own show. Right, and so that was always kind of fun. Because uh, Cow and Chicken started on there. Some of the big name <laughs> shows started on just doing one little short on what a cartoon show and they exploded. 
So that kind of same kind of thing could work with a DC Nation. And again, that was a half an hour show that I think showed like two shorts a week. The DC shows I think could do that as well. So there you have it. Anything else with Adam Short? I thought it was really cool. I did too. I was excited Just about like it. Like in general, like I never thought I would see that because that was that's overall such a hated story. Right. But they made it make sense. I actually really enjoyed it. Well, if it's Greg Wiseman and his crew behind this, then it's going to be a better story. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I uh, bet uh, oh, yeah. James Robinson was pretty excited when he saw this. I bet he was. Because he loves this comic, and I bet he was just like like giddy as a schoolgirl oh when he watched He's this. <laughs> like, they did it, they did it, they did it. Oh, why? Do, and we've never really got a decent animal, Adam animated animal adventure. man. Yeah, we've a, a decent animal man. We did get a decent animal man so far with those shorts. Those are hilarious. But uh, this those was are... besides that one Justice League episode with the Adam. We've not really gotten a good episode or adventure that's focused on him. So this could be fun. I'm excited to see where this goes. And I really hope they put them all together on a DVD or something as a bonus feature. Like if on that new Green Lantern DVD, maybe they'll have all the Adam shorts together that would as be a cool. bonus feature or something. Or maybe one of them. Maybe they do Super Best Friends Forever or Classic Man or something. Don't waste your time on uh, World's Funniest. Plastic Man! Or Baby, Super, Baby Superman, because that was... Plastic Man! Uh, but I'm moving on before Michael starts breaking our eardrums by trying to sing the Plastic Man song. We're going to talk about the Super Best Friends Forever short in Name Game. So, Michael, what did you think of this short? Batgirl is way too perky. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I it mean, makes it, me I laugh. Mean, it was funny. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I'm like, no one in real life is that bad. <laughs> I can believe Latino Wonder Girl and Chunky Supergirl in real life. Yeah. But that crazy Batgirl, no chance. <laughs> oh my god. It's funny. It's a different take on the character than we've ever seen before. Yeah. No kidding. And it's just really funny. It's almost Harley Quinnish, but like on steroids. Yeah, Ed positive. <laughs> and a, yeah, you know, a good guy behind it. And, you know, a good guy. It's like, it oh, Harley Quinn, we can't. What? It's funny how they captured Chiquita, though. Yes. It made reference to the actual cartoon's name. Yes, that was very good. Loved it. So A plus on those accounts. Yes. <laughs> the perky Batgirl's funny. I mm-hmm. like it, especially when she's kind of so serious and smart and brainy in the comics, and as what we saw in Young Justice this week. To see her nuts like this is kind of funny. <laughs> Definitely. It's like a bad dream she's having or something. Kind of. Yeah. It's like a bad dream I'm having. But <laughs> The only question I had about this short is, I don't understand why this wasn't shown first in the series of Super Best Friends Forever short, since it explained how they got their name, basically. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. I have no clue, to be honest. But weren't a bunch of these shorts all shown all crazy out of order? Yeah, all of them are out of order. I, I don't know why they do that. Cartoon Network is really bad about ordering episodes. It's bad, yeah. Because there was some really severe issues about that regarding the first season of Justice League when that came out on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Well, except for Secret Origins, right? Yeah, but Legends... And the finale. 
Legends was shown before it should have been. Like there were episodes shown with the Unjustice League before the Unjustice League was created. Oh. And and the DVD got it right. They put it back in the right order. But uh, it was some for some reason it aired on Cartoon Network in the wrong order, and I don't know why. Ooh, that's bad. But it was aired on Canada and some other places in the right order. So that was really weird. Well, I guess we really shouldn't complain about that. At least they got them in on time, unlike Young Justice, which the first season aired for three years. But when some for someone watching it live, it confused the crap out of me. Like, I honestly oh, yeah. thought I missed a couple episodes when I turned it on, because it was that... Do you remember the one episode with um that girl that washed up on Paradise Island that went evil? Mm-hmm. And she teamed up with Star Sapphire and a couple other people? Yeah. I was so confused when the episode started because they were like teamed up with Solomon Grundy and a bunch of people. I'm like, <laughs> when did this happen? God, how are these characters even here? Like, and they were talking about backstory with them, and I'm like, when did this happen? What is going on? And then somebody came out a couple days later and was like, oh, they showed them out of order. Then I'm like, what? This is confusing. But then Toonami re-released the first season. And they showed it in the right order. So I watched of course it. Of Toonami would. They care. So I watched it again through Toonami. The first season made a heck of a lot more sense. So that was dumb. Thankfully, they haven't done that with Young Justice or Green Lantern. Thankfully. Thankfully, yeah. Good job, Cartoon Network, and your crap together with that. Finally. But again, they're all over the place with the DC Nation shorts. Yeah, but again, probably they more with DC Nation than Cartoon Network. But, but the ones with two, we continue to find up. Okay, so we can give them a break. Because the other ones you could kind of show random and get away with it. Yeah. Well, at least they got yeah. Except for they got the other ones right. Thank goodness. Except for this one, this was the only one that you could notice a glaring continuity issue. But the Teen Titans and the other ones have worked so far so good. Mm-hmm. But with that, I think people are tired of us gabbing. They want us to get to the real meat and potatoes of this episode. No, they don't. One of the main things they want us to listen they listen to us for. At least I think so. They may listen to us for Smallville more so, but I think this Depends. is just as cool. So we're I gonna... wish more people would listen for Green Lantern, but okay. They may listen for Green Lantern, too. They may just listen to the whole deal. I don't know. I hope they listen to it all. I do, too. And they love all the shows as much as we do. Hopefully. Yeah. But with that, we're going to move on to talking about the Young Justice Invasion episode entitled Beneath. <laughs> Jamie Rise searches for a missing friend while Miss Martian, Batgirl, Bumblebee, and Wonder Girl return to Bailea to discover what lies beneath. And that was a much easier read for you, wasn't it, Michael? So nice. You can send the Young Justice wiki a thank you note later. I will. Because they do a much better job with their opening summaries. No kidding. Great job. But when I started watching this particular Young Justice Invasion episode, I commented on Jamie's friend who wanted to run away from home looking an awful lot like the... Michael, you have to say the title of the show and the announcer voice. It's only right. The title of the character? No, the title of the the show that he was on. The Challenge of the Super Friends! Yes. The Challenge of the Super Friends character looked a lot like Jamie's friend. Apache Chief! Yes, the character Apache Chief looked a lot like Jamie's friend. And 
it yeah. turns out you talk. that I was right because Jamie's friend, Ty Longshadow, actually is Apache Chief. How do you know? I think Apache Chief's secret identity name is Ty Longshadow. And the version of Apache Chief that was on Justice League Unlimited was named Longshadow. So okay, it's got to be a fat, Apache Chief. Plus, he looks like Apache Chief. It's got to be. me shock. I just don't know if they're going to call him Apache Chief because I don't know if that offends Native American people or not. Shouldn't. Some people say the character of Apache Chief is offensive to Native Americans. Which doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't see that. I would say, like, Westerns that portray Indians, or, I mean, excuse me, Native Americans, as bad <laughs> guys. Well, they call them Indians on the Westerns. I, I mean, that's what they call them. Yes, portray them as bad guys. Yeah, that's probably portraying them in a negative light or defensive. But Apache Chief's a superhero. So I think that's cool. I think any race or culture getting their own superhero is cool. Just a respect so they really shouldn't opinion. be offended. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Can I think you second me on that? Well, I want Apache Chief. <laughs> Do you want it to be Apache Chief? Yeah. I think it will be, and I think he'll be a cool Apache Chief. Good. He won't talk in weird dialogue. No, I want him to say, Enikchok! Well, he may do that. May he grows. Or maybe his grandpa will say that. It was appeared in this episode. Either one would work for me. I think it would have been cool if the grandpa was voiced by the original, the <gasps> Patchy Chief. That would great. I don't think they did that, but that would have been awesome. Maybe I should look it up. But at the same time, this episode was... Ladies night, then the feeling was right. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a song. It's fun. Okay. It made me think of the song when I wrote it. But uh, Miss Martian, Batgirl, Bumblebee, and Wonder Girl <laughs> went on a mission to Bialya to discover the contents of a mysterious shipment. And with this scenario of going with a all-girl team, I got a huge laugh out of Batgirl using it to put Nightwing in an awkward position. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Poor Nightwing. Poor Dick Grayson. That Barbara oh, well. always puts him in his place. She always nope. does that to him. So mean. I know. She beats up on him. But it's all, you know, in good love. And honestly, Michael, one of my favorite parts of the Batman material, and there's been a lot of different types of material released over the years, is the flirtation between Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon. Batman the Animated yeah. Series does it very well. This was on the same level, and I just, it was fun to get a taste of it here. And I hope more of it's going to come back in the Batgirl comic, because I have been reading that, and Nightwing comes next week or in the next issue. The I new have to read. Bible comic you've been reading? Yes, but I... Yes. Ooh. Yes. Damn. What? I'm a fan Ooh. of Barbara Gordon. Going to read it. Anyway, it's you're reading the series that replaced Brian Q. Miller's Stephanie Brown. I expect Brian Q. Miller's shame on you. I like Brian Q. Miller's series too. (laughs) I flat out said I liked it. I do enjoy the the Barbara Gordon character, and like Nightwing's going to be the next issue, and I want to see where the relationship is at within the new 52 because I don't really know right now. Yeah, depending on how long Nightwing's in it. Because Nightwing is one of my favorite characters. As long as you're not reading it. Yeah, but I... I because mean, she's back. I feel like I can't get into reading something 
like right in the middle. Like I have to know like what's going on at least at the beginning of the arc. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Like I can't just jump in in part three of a five part arc and, you know, be cool with what's going on. Well you could You could, but it drives me nuts. Yeah. I guess I I have O C D when it comes to reading a story in order, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's just the writer in me, I don't know. I don't know. But as for the mission that went on with the girls itself, I found it interesting how the writers of Young Justice seem to keep trying to use personalities of other popular DC female characters to improve upon Wonder Girl's character. Because I felt that her, and maybe you disagree with me on this, Michael, that her wanting to rush headstrong in the battle and then screwing up in the episode about being stealthy was way more characteristic of somebody like Supergirl or Power Girl. To me, it felt more like Superboy. Superboy? Really? She didn't really have an original Superboy. Oh. The comics continuity. As in Clark Kent as Superboy. No, as in Connor Kent as Superboy right out of the tube. Okay. Yeah, during the Young Justice series. Right out of the tubes in the comics. Yeah. Because in, in the Young Justice series... Well, it's different in the series, obviously. Right, because he's he's got anger anger issues. Yeah, he's really angry. <laughs> this is just Supergirl's. Sorry, not Supergirl, Wonder Girl, saying, "Oh, I want to go into fight. This is fun. I'm going to do this." Being a moron. She's like very you. excited. Yeah, but I think in the comic she's way more. God, this is before the New Fifty Two. She's way more whiny and more of a worry wart than what she was in here. Absolutely. I think she's more worried about the consequences of things in the comic books than she was here. Here she didn't yeah. care. She just wanted to be a superhero and have fun doing it. Yes. So that makes sense. I'm glad we agreed more so on that than I thought. I thought that was no. going to lead to a debate. Absolutely. No, I absolutely agree with that. I obviously hate the character of Wonder Girl. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what they were doing with the no. character made sense. And I maybe even liked it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that they're trying to do their own thing with her. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, that that at least, even if they don't really care for the character, I'm glad that they're addressing the issues you're having. They're trying to make it better and agreeing with people on that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you're the only one out there that feels that way about um, Wonder Girl. Well, in the comics, she's such a dull and boring character. Yeah. To be honest. And as a leader of the Teen Titans, she got more Titans killed under her watch yeah. than anyone else. I think they're playing off of it. Well, they're trying to make each female character a certain archetype and play off of each other really well. So that mm-hmm. works. That's a good thing. Yeah. Again, Miss Martian is much more complicated because she's been on the show longer. Right. But the other ones, they're working. They play off of each other really well. And I thought they made a good team in this episode. Well, and to be honest, Miss Marsh in the comics isn't even that good of a character either. This show has yes. really defined her for me. Yes. And I hope that's what they'll do with Wonder Girl, because I really could care less for that character in the comics, but this show has started to make me care a little more about her. Yeah. I see it's coming. I see it really going that direction. Again, I think what's important with her stories is she needs to be teamed up with a character that balances her out really well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of her and Batgirl being teamed up would probably work very well. Yes. 
It's got to be with a character we really like. I think her and Miss Martian working together could be interesting. Oh, yeah. Because when we first were introduced to Miss Martian, she was very similar to Wonder Girl in yeah. some respects. Yes. So that would be kind of interesting to see Miss Martian act as a mentor to her. And maybe through being around such a strong character on this show, as in Miss Martian, maybe that will also help make Cassie a stronger character. Hopefully. And the voice actress that plays Wonder Girl is very good. She did an excellent job with her role as Katara mm-hmm. on Avatar, and I think her presence will also help maybe make Wonder Girl a stronger character. Let's hope so. But going back to Blue Beetle's story, I think his character has become a really strong part of the show that I enjoy watching, and I liked how it was structured as a day in the life of Jamie Reese, with him kind of having to balance his superpowers with a normal life situation. And I like this because it reminded me of Spider-Man and anything that's similar to Spidey's adventures is fine with me, especially right now because I'm really pumped up for that movie. And we know Greg Wiseman can do a good job writing for Spider-Man. So if they make Blue Beetle stories similar, I know we're in for some great material. Mm -hmm. So that was good. God, the Scarab jokes are always good. (laughs) It's funny how it just kept wanting to like either solve every problem by blowing something up or killing somebody. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's hilarious. You know, it's great. Good. My thought to the that... One, now, the one thing... Okay. No, go ahead. Go. Go. go well, I was going to say, my thought to that is Ted Kord must have been having a really bad day or was like in a huge fight with Booster Gold when he designed that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, all yeah. it wants to do is kill people and blow things up. Yeah. Nuts. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so what were you going to say? Uh, I was just... <laughs> I was just going to say, I think DC's trying a little too hard to shove Blue Beetle down everyone's throat, to be honest. Like, I like him on this show. But in the yeah. Brave, even the Bold show, they used him way too much. And they made him introduce be introduced in Smallville and that I mean it was a good episode but it was really oddly placed yeah I I think they're trying way too hard to I, I don't know just get this character in yeah I agree I mean I like him a lot absolutely but you know yeah I agree with that and you know I, I think he works fine here Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't see anything wrong with him. He doesn't annoy me. Like, no, They not do at push all. him on us a little bit. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was done better last week when he was with Superboy. Yeah. You know, I feel like with Young Justice, we need to, since it is about a team with superheroes, we always need to see them teamed up or interacting with someone else on their team. So this was yeah. fine doing the Blue Beetle thing, but I don't think we should do it every week. Absolutely. Where he's doing his own story, but... Again, we may see him team up with Apache Chief, and that'll cover that problem. Hopefully. If he is Apache Chief, but we'll see. He is. And then we went back to Bialya, where we had a bunch of fun moments involving the lady heroes getting into trouble and kicking butt. And interesting observations I made from this is I thought it was interesting to see Miss Martian act as a team leader, since we haven't really seen that before. But I think it went a long way in showing her maturity that has developed over the past five years. 
I also noticed that Batgirl seems to be the motherly caring girl of the team since she comforted Wonder Girl when Miss Martian kind of doubted her ability to be stealthy. But maybe this is also just goes to show you that Batgirl and Cassie are just really good friends. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Michael, I felt that you were probably entertained by Miss Martian not liking Wonder Girl at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess Cassie being a threat to Megan getting back with Superboy, I think is off the table in my opinion, since Wonder Girl kind of grew on Miss Martian by the end of the episode and was desperately, oh. I felt, sinking her approval. Yeah. I'm hoping she looks at her as an older sister and respects her, and that's not in there. The other thing is, I really enjoyed Bumblebee's sarcastic and twisted sense of humor she had. Especially with that one part where she made fun of Batgirl, but she found her yeah. in the air event. She's like, you look like a roast turkey. Yes. Started laughing at her. That, that was, was great. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Well, you know, she was giving Nightwing a hard time. Someone's got to dish it back for him. Mm-hmm. It's a way to go, Bumblebee. That was fun. <laughs> but speaking of Batgirl, I thought there was really something dumb that happened. I mean, they really put into this effort into showing how she was almost the stealthiest out of all the girl heroes. And then what happened, Michael? I know it annoyed you. Wait, what? What? I thought it was dumb. The animators put all this effort into showing how Batgirl was one of the stealthiest out of all the oh, girl yeah, heroes. Oh, yeah, and then she gets captured. And you thought that was dumb. That was stupid. And I it, wanted Wonder Girl to get captured. It felt more right. Because she screwed up. Right. Wonder Girl screwed up, yeah. That that was silly. I didn't like that at all. Again, I know they needed to show that the bad guys were shipping out teenage runaways and putting them in these stasis fields for some reason. But you, you could have done that without... You could have done that with Wonder Girl, just the same thing. Yeah. When uh, What's-Her-Face like jumped out of the air and grabbed her, they could have put her in a stasis pod right there. Yeah. And been done. Yeah. But maybe because she was a metahuman, they couldn't do that? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, maybe they're trying to turn people into metahumans, which is how we could get right. Apache Chief. There you go. So they, they grabbed Batgirl because they knew she wasn't metahuman. I yes. guess. And that's one issue. The rest of the episode was great. The animation and fight scenes were really well done. So I think we can let this one go. We can let it slide. Yeah. But I think it's worth us mentioning so we don't look like we're stupid and we're not paying attention. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And thankfully, when Batgirl got captured, I kind of had this fear that she was going to be kept out of several episodes due to being held captive and them having to find her and this whole thing. But thankfully, they avoided that plotline and solved it rather quickly by Bumblebee swooping in and saving her. And she zapped Barbara to wake her up, which was kind of a funny, too. <laughs> Sorry, girl. Yeah, they kind of have a love-hate relationship, which was fun. And then the other heroines valiantly managed to stop the shipment of runaway teenagers. And it was really cool how it ended with this, what seemed to be a nasty plane crash, but it was averted through this awesome maneuver that Miss Martian pulled off with her Martian bioship. Yes. And I think if the Martian bioship is a toy that you can purchase, there should be a claw that can drop out of the toy to grab stuff, because that would be awesome. Unfortunately, there is none. There's an Avengers Quinjet, and there was a Javelin 7 for Justice League, but there's no Mark 
Bioship. Darn it, we want a Bioship. Listen to us, DC. Listen to us, Jeff Johns. We want a Bioship. Plastic. We know what fans like. <laughs> yes, that would be exciting. So that was cool. That was awesome how they pulled off. Also, Simon reemerged in this episode. And I thought that meant we were going to get more Miss Martian abusing her powers. Along with how, you know, that kind of all caused her breakup with Superboy. But I guess they decided to step away from that because they wanted this episode to be more about us getting to know some more of the new female characters. So they thought it was better if they decided to keep more backstory on Megan out of the episode. Which I think makes sense because if we went over the breakup every week, it's really going to get old. And then it's going to get me more mad. Yeah, exactly. So let's not do that. We'll tackle that maybe in two weeks or sooner. Get that worked out. Or maybe start... Because next week we get a new episode of that. Or maybe have her dump that stupid lagoon boy. Can start setting things up for them getting back together. Yeah, stupid lagoon boy. Yeah, do do something like they've got going on with in Spider-Man with uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane getting somehow back together or placing things in order for that to happen. So Yeah, that. Let's get some of that going on. Let's let's have the phase where she's broken up, but they're not sure they should get back together yet. Let's get that. That's what I'm asking for. I, I can do that. Well, I mean, the next episode is entitled Bloodlines. So I'd assume we'd see either Artemis or Aqualad. Or, or maybe Flash. Or maybe that has something to do with um, Mega's relationship with Beast Boy. With the maybe, but I think we covered that, right? Yeah. Again, if it's more with Aqualad and what's going on with that, that's cool. I'm game for that. Hmm. But, again, we have another story to tackle, which was set up at the end of this episode, as it first appeared that this episode was about two completely separate stories, but then as this episode came to an end, we got the shocking and really well-done twist of Blue Beetle's story connecting to the girls' mission. As it turns out, they missed a shipment. Again, I don't know how they did that, but whatever. And we think that they're going to give be given powers, as we said before. Again, we think the, I think the light's behind this. I think that's what we're going with. And uh, Jamie's friend, Ty, is shown being a part of the shipment, making us think that this is how he becomes the superhero from Challenge of the Super Friends, named, what's it, Michael? Apache Chief! Apache Chief. So are we going with that theory? Is that what you think? Yeah. Okay. So we're rolling with that one. Again, good episode. One of the better Ladies' Nights episodes I've seen because of the character interactions and how they work together. Really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, the Jamie stuff helped it along, too. We had another story to follow. So it kept our, our interest the whole time. So is there anything else you had to say on this, Young Justice, Michael? Unique chalk! Nice. Nice way to throw that in. We almost need to put in a sound clip of that in our episode, if you can find one. That might be hard. Or... or, or... Put it in the theme. Or put it in the theme if that's not too challenging for you. I can probably get that done. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Cool beans. Looking forward to that. But I think that covers Young Justice for us. Again, good episode. Keep the train going, Greg Wiseman and company. And let's, with that, let's move on to another train that's always rolling really well. The Brian Q. Miller Smallville Season 11 train. Yeah, woo woo. Come on, ride the train. And riot, woo, Kim. Yeah. What? Well, it goes, haven't you heard the song, Come on, ride the train? And ride it? 
It goes, come on, ride the train. And ride it, and it goes, woo, woo. So I change it to, woo, Kim. Oh, gotcha. Just give woo a shout out again. It works. So with that, let's move on to talking about Smallville, Season 11, Guardian, Part 6. Well, I can't believe that we're that far along. But let's keep the Smallville train going. Cue the music. Somebody say. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody say. <gasps> Record. Are you, are you serious? My computer the froze sh- a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> the shuttle piloted by Hank Henshaw explodes in midair just after takeoff. Superman comes to the rescue, but even he can't save everyone. This might be one of the toughest decisions either Hank or Superman has ever have to make. Had to make. Yeah, that's kind of the truth of this issue. It, it really was. Okay, this was the big Superman enter-the-scene action-packed issue that I think we wanted, huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank yeah. you, Brian. Thank you, Brian, yes. We know it was comic. I mean, we did underestimate Brian or not think that he wasn't going to provide us with action, but this was the big-time Superman action that we've been looking for from this comic. And also, is GNN, Angela Chen, is GNN Gotham News Network? Actually, yeah. Is it really? Well, isn't that what they used? They used that Young Justice. Isn't it GNN? Isn't it? Yeah. And Angela Chen, isn't she from Superman Animated Series? Yes, and, and the comics. They brought her to the comics. Oh, they did? Yes. Is she in New 52 or no? Oh, we wouldn't know. We don't read that comic. Yeah. <laughs> not that I know of. This is Superman. I read the first six and she was not in it. You went that far? Yeah, I was curious. No. I needed to make an argument, darn it, Michael. I went up to three... And then I read the latest issue of Superman, and then I was like, okay. No. Grant Morrison can't tell a story in continuity order, in straight order. Oh, and He's I read jump back two and issues of action. Because, like, issue three is the origin story. <laughs> I know. It's like, really? What? It, and it was a flashback that took place with the Legion of the Future. What? Wait, wait. <laughs> what? I, it's, I'm so confusing. I'm like, I didn't even read explain it. <laughs> what? Thank you, Brian Kel- Q. Miller, for telling your story from beginning to end. Not jumping back and forth in time. <laughs> what? That's so stupid. Oh, we're getting a good laugh. But anyway, as we're laughing, people on the page in their first page of the comic were gasping as the shuttle that Lex Luthor shot into space was it necessarily working right? Hmm, I wonder how that happened. Hmm. It's a little fishy there. Something Lex mm-hmm. Luthor has, does it work right? Could it have been mm-hmm. sabotaged? Hmm. I, th- I think they should have done the robot thing from the animated series and just made Hank Henshaw become that giant robot. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Although this makes more sense. Is that the one that Metallo drove? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like that. Yeah. That's what we need in this. Lex <laughs> Luthor needs to be wake- making weapons. 
Well, well, Lex Luthor seems to be trying to accomplish the th- the same thing with the shuttle crash, the the shuttle explosion, as he did with building that robot and all that stuff. He's trying to get some, himself some insurance money, not that he really needs any, but okay. But yeah, doesn't he have enough? I, whatever. He's a scam artist. Yeah, true. And he wants to get that Superman. It, did you see on the LexCorp monitor on the next page, like, the globe? It looks like the Death Star. Yeah, yes. It's so awesome. <laughs> Very fun little artistic thing they threw in there. And they forgot to draw Antarctica. Right. They feel left out. Exactly, because uh, Lex doesn't want to take that over. It's just not worth it. It's not? Apparently to him it's not. Mm, He's bad. more interested in the North Pole. But it's the biggest continent. Yeah, but he's more interested in the North Pole. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Even though that might just make a building fall on him again, but that's just me. <laughs> it loses memory <laughs> again. Uh, but anyway, uh, they're saying Mission Control is doing everything they can to reenact with the vessel. Which is nothing, because they're hired by they Lex and he didn't say to do anything. So then we go to the next page, and hey, Kenshaw or Adam Sandler, looks like he's in danger. And he looks like he's mad. He looks like he's a little angry. He's gonna turn it in the hall. He, he's he's mad about uh, Jack and Jill not doing very well in theaters. True. <laughs> True. True. And uh, then we go to Clark, and he takes off the glasses, pulls up the shirt. Yes. I guess the comic's over now. It's just like finale. It's over. <laughs> no Superman. No. Then he flies. Kelly Souders and Brian Peterson. Executive producer. Whoosh. 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 He takes off. And then he flies. Watchtower. I need Say to run down. I love how he still calls Watchtower. Yes. That's but where's awful. the guy talking about the costume? Do you know? That's a bad outfit. Yeah. Too bad. I always want to say, gee whiz, that's a bad outfit, but that's not how it goes. <laughs> that's true. Gee that's, whiz. That's more like Spider-Man. Yeah, it's it's out of a Stan Lee Spider-Man comic. Fella? Fella, yes. Use all those words. Dad? It was the 60s, come on. It, it's so bad. <laughs> I was reading it, I'm like, what am I reading? Because when I started talking that way, it was really bad. <laughs> Yes, Michael's in the process of doing a reading of every reading issue. Every issue of oh, Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, and he's got. I almost said Ultimate. Well, that's that's a decent series too. Well, it would be up to one hundred and sixty. Yeah, exactly. And then we jump the shark, but anyhow, Clark is flying up, and he needs a watch. He needs a rundown from Watchtower. And then the back it. Meanwhile, at the Watchtower. Nice. And, you know, I really like this concept. I liked Chloe and Clark working together, doing kind of what they used to do. You Obviously know, on a higher level. On a higher level, and I like that as well. Because, you know, they were kind of at odds with each other within Season 9. And then Season 10, she was gone for a large portion of the season. And so- they were kind of at odds with each other through Season 8, too. Yeah, okay, this was a lot better. This was more what we used to get from them, let's say, in season six and seven. 
Well, even in the first four seasons, if you want to go that far. Right. So I really like seeing this. I like to see that they were doing this at a higher level. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I like Superman having to communicate with people while he's doing what he does. Yeah. Like, it just fits modern technology a little bit better. Well, it fits modern day better, too. Yeah. He's got somebody watching his back. And and that's that's cool, you know? And, and like, like, uh, Chloe said in season 10, he's not God. Right. He needs help. I mean, he he can't do it all by himself all the time. Well, and I think that's part of the humility that Superman needs to have. Mm-hmm. That he, you know, part of not being like he's better than everybody else or, you know, scaring the average guy is him being willing to turn to the average person for help. Unlike New 52 Superman, is too good for everyone and wears armor. Yeah, he's got to, you know, work by himself and be better and stuff. Wears his underwear on the inside. And, and see, that's where that's where Grant Morrison is missing the boat. He's not thinking realistically with the character. <laughs> realistically, if they're really an alien with all these, yeah, powers. I mean, he, <laughs> the way he's portrayed in those comic books, he's scary. He's like the original Superman, the villain one, not the superhero one. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I just. Uh. Just, just him, like, hanging a, a thug off the side of a building was the, uh, in the sorry, first issue. Uh, well, I didn't like it, and, and we went over that in Smallville Season 9, why that was wrong. Because remember, right. he did that with Tess. Yeah. And we realized that was the wrong course of action, and then he turned around and forgave Tess when he became Superman. And that's right. That's how Superman does things. He gives people a but, chance to explain themselves prefer flying off the rails. Except not Grant Morrison's Superman. And you could say, oh, he's a younger Superman. He doesn't know better. Well, no. Before He's got to know how to become Superman before he can put that costume on. Right. So essentially we could say the new 52 Superman isn't Superman because he's not wearing the real costume. Uh, well, and also I love this show. I'm sorry. I love Smallville. I love the universe. I grew up with it. Gosh darn it, leave it alone. I just got the complete series. (laughs) Yeah, I just... For free. Grant Morrison, just accept that this show is awesome and what Superman is, that what you're doing is a mess. The one good thing about that first issue action, though, the first line is like, somebody save me. Yes. I I did love that. I do appreciate that, but... It wasn't enough to win me over, gosh darn it. <laughs> and, Brian, and Brian Q. Miller deserves quite credit for being an excellent Superman ride. He's going to say that. Yeah. I hope he doesn't get brushed under the rug. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing here is right up there with John Byrne and some of the good ones. And Jeff Johns. Yeah, Jeff Johns and some of those guys. And Richard Donner. Yes, and Richard Donner. I'm just going to keep naming names. <laughs> just, just throw them out there. Bruce Tim. Yes. Greg Wiseman. Yes. And Except Greg Wiseman had to figure out how to write his Superman a little bit. Well... They fixed it. They I fixed think it. he understood how to. I think he wanted the conflict in there. Okay. That's cool. Looking back on it, because the way he writes them now is really well done. Right. I think it was more of we needed the conflict for a Superboy's growth. 
Right. Well, before we lose everybody, we're going to keep going. <laughs> God with Superman saving the day. And we talk about uh, Clark asks how many people are on the ship. And Chloe's like, there's six. Yeah, that information is very helpful, I would think. Could save the people, you know. No kidding. No surprises that he needs to gauge how fast he needs to go, get what he needs to do to get these people off. Which is why Chloe's a good idea. Yes. Well, and also they would have never figured out that the ship was sabotaged if it wasn't for Chloe. That's true. That's true, too. And so they, and Chloe figures out that there was a misfire from the platform in the cargo bay, which totally screams sabotage. And Clark's like, I want to work on it. I'm getting up there. I'm flying. And then we get an awesome display of super breath. And do any of those names of the crew members besides Hank Henshaw look familiar to you? Is there something you picked up on? No. I was asking you. No, no. Not to me. Okay. They might be writers on... They used to work on Smallville or people... Brian knew, or who knows. I don't know. But I anyway. love this breathing. Yeah. Breath. His face looks funny. Yeah, his face looks funny, but it, it was cool. Cool idea. Good idea that he used it. That's a power he sometimes overlooks. True. And uh, he, Clark's like, I've got the fire. And Chloe's, you know, all the day's work. It's not a big deal. And Clark's like, no, there's a bigger problem. I love the x-ray on that ship. Yeah, then we get a really cool x-ray look at the ship. Clark realizes we're out of the woods. Because there's a radiation leak, and we're like, oh no. His that's eyes not look good. when he does the x-ray, too. Yes, that does look good. I really like that image, too. The x-ray is really well done. It was. I was kind of curious if they were going to be able to capture um, the look that the show did to show some of his powers. And uh, the artist did an excellent job mm. capturing a lot of those things. And uh, when there's a radiation leak, we know it's not good, especially for the people on the ship, because we know that means they're going to mutate or change or mm-hmm. turn into some kind of supervillain. And so uh, Clark gets into space and he's like, patch me through to mission control. I, I've, I, you know, I got to talk to him. So uh, Clark calls him on the line. He's, he's talking. He's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's he Kenshaw, doing? How you doing? Kenshaw's like, where is he? I, I don't see him, you know. Then he finds him and he's like, what can I do for you, Superman? Like, Superman's going through the drive-thru. <laughs> what can I get you, Superman? Well, I would like a burger, fries, and a large chocolate shake, please. Well, he's telling the commander that he can survive. but uh, uh, With some fries. With some fries. Yes, he, he wants that first before he saves some people. And if it doesn't happen, he's going to rip open the drive-thru window. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, he is going to pull open the window because he wants to get everyone in the crew to the ground. But uh, Henshaw, being the American hero, says tells Clark to take them, and he's going to stay in space and fly the ship because she can't go down leaking this much radiation. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So now Hank Henshaw is going to turn into the Phoenix. Caw, <laughs> caw! Because <laughs> he he's gonna he's gonna save everyone from the radiation like Jean Grey. Oh joy! Then oh, down joy. below, seconds later, whoosh whoosh. And uh, and then Hank Henshaw's yelling at Superman. 
Save the damn day already. Let's do this. Come on. He's he's a little impatient. No kidding. The clerk's like, That's I'll go as fast as I can, which is faster than a speeding bullet, so just that should be good enough for you. Give me a second. Gosh. I'm working on it. So he goes down there and gets up. Whoosh, whoosh. And then, is that Chloe that says, there's something you need to know? No, I... Or is that Henshaw? Henshaw. Okay, and then it cuts off. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't. I guess that'll come back later. Right? I think so. Okay, because we never really figure out what he said, or what he wanted to say to Clark before that happened. Yeah. It cuts it off. So that was interesting. They cut off. I, I have a feeling that Brian has something brewing with that one. Yeah. He leaves a lot of stuff open-ended, which is fun. Yeah. Like that Halo person. Yes. A lot of great speculation. It's set up in every issue. There's something... One little thing left off to be like, ooh, where's this going to lead? Mm-hmm. So, again, it helps us have a podcast. So, thank you, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Anyway. And then Clark flew awful fast. Yeah, that space. picture looks awesome. Okay, he just drops the people. But that just looks awesome. The boom, and then how he's flying. I'm surprised that people can handle flying at that velocity, but I guess because they had spacesuits on and stuff, it's okay. I did. Whatever. He, sh- he shielded him with his cape, you know, his indestructible super cape. Yeah, he's Superman. He can do it. It's cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get a sonic boom. He flies into space. Gets awesome. The shuttle's oxygen hits zero. Not cool. And then it burns! It burns! For Adam burns. Sandler. Otherwise known as Hank Headshaw. He's burning. Indigestion from seeing his his own terrible movie. Get, that and all that food he ate earlier. All that, yes, it was all the food. Uh, Superman wait. needs to fly up and give him a Tums. <laughs> Superman knows the Heimlich. Superman... Oh, Superman. Can I get the thumbs? <laughs> and then he's like, what heck of a last thing to see or yeah, something? To feel. Clark's like, to feel. And then we get this big image here. The last yeah. thing he says is sees is Superman's chest. I have a feeling that's going to come back. Probably. But that's going to be that image burned into his brain is what's going to make him evil and psycho. Or thinks that he's Superman. Then he's crashing. Yeah, the weird he's crashing. Clark out on the ground. They're zapping him. He's trying to stay awake. He looks like Metallo after he got hit by that car. Mm-hmm. It's not oh, good. Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah, it's Less like, blood, more radiation, but... The radiation's good. And they're like, we'll take him to the ICU. And Clark's like, I know someplace better. And oh boy, that's not good. Anybody getting yeah, yes. But once you get taken to Star Labs, it's like something funky happens to you to turn you into a. Once you go to Star Labs, you come out a new man. Yeah, you become you come out a metal human, whether good or evil or whatever. So and this could be bad because really this could this could uh fall on whatever happens to Hank Headshaw could fall on Clark and company's shoulders. 
True. Very true. Because if they because it seems like they're going to screw up here with what happens to him, and that means he's going to go after Doctor Hamilton and everybody, and hopefully Chloe won't be there. I have a feeling Ham or Hamilton. I have a feeling Henshaw's going to go after Chloe though. Do you do Chloe and Clark mainly because they were the two who saved him. But he's not going to know that she was. I don't know. He she patched them through. Oh crap! Would he and he probably... is a cyborg, so he could probably. Yeah. Oh crap! So now Clark is gonna put everybody in danger again. Go oh, boy, he's gonna. Well, it won't be Clark's fault this time, but. Oh god! But he's gonna blame himself, and we're gonna go through the whole guilt trip, and then he's gonna be back at the barn, bouncing a wall against the wall. No. <laughs> no. No. Yes. I, what I what I want to see is normally when this kind of thing happens, it pushes Clark a step back. God, I want to see him as Superman deal with it and be able to move on now to show how his character's developed. That's yeah. becoming Superman versus Clark. Because this is, this is kind of like, if he puts everybody in danger with Hank Henshaw and the decisions he's made, it's kind of like the doomsday scenario again. Except... But, this time he's Superman. He can handle it. Yeah, he's not going to run away. He's going to face it. So mm -hmm. I want to see that. I think that's where we need to go. This good development. I agree. And then Lois comes in, like waves to him. Superman, can I get a quote for the planet? And uh, the fact that they're talking to each other, I'm surprised people aren't like, okay, isn't that the guy that used to work in the office until he got classes? <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what you're talking about. Two two together. Like all those interns and stuff, interns and stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, all those people work with some super villain. We're out to get him because <laughs> he wouldn't leave the maple donut. <laughs> all the guys from Bell Reeve come back. Yeah, homecoming. <laughs> I would think some of those meteor freaks would put two and two together really quick. I really want some of those meteor freaks to come back. Don't you think that'd be a really cool episode? Like Superman Revenge Squad, but it's meteor freaks. Well, uh, Derek and Steve always talked about doing a Return to Smallville episode. Where the well, meteor that's what freaks they wanted Homecoming up. to be. Yeah, team up to go after Clark. Mm -hmm. I need to fight them all off, but uh, I don't know. That's all the cards, I think. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Brian, if you're listening. Yeah, and Lex has got to be involved with the story somehow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Maybe he goes back to Smallville trying to uh, recover his memories or something, and that's when it happens. Or he brings them all together. Right. So there we go to the next page. Cause this is where things get interesting. Hmm. Mr. Luthor. <laughs> wow, I can't do Otis. I, I fucked that up. And now the co-host goes silent. What? Were you talking to me? <laughs> I Where was reading the page. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Luthor. I tried to do a uh, Otis voice and I sucked it up. But I guess you obviously didn't know that because you weren't paying attention. So sorry, move Mr. on. <laughs> well, then they talk about how Commander Henshaw said, the explosion wasn't a misfire. Uh-oh. Mm -mm. We could have told you that one. 
So that's what he told him. That's what he told Clark before uh, he he dropped the astronauts off on Earth. Yes. Was he said the explosion wasn't a misfire? Mm-hmm. And Otis is like, this is bad for the company, and he found out some stuff on the toxin test exposed him to. And then he says, just a minute. Uh, and I, I, I'm upset them. they left us hanging on that one. I am, too. Like we could have got some development and then did the cliffhanger, but okay. It's okay. I guess what? it wasn't going to be more exciting this way. This way. Brian yeah. knows what he's doing. I trust him. Yeah. And uh, then Lex is like, let me savor this. I enjoyed this. Those astronauts almost died. Yeah. And Lex is like, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she's like, <laughs> and this is terrible for the company, and it's bad, and he wants insurance money now. And then he says, Superman and I are about to have a very interesting conversation, which I'm very excited about, Michael. Oh, yes. I mean, because we haven't had a Superman Lex Luthor conversation yet. We've had a Clark Lex Luthor conversation. Yes, and this, the Superman Clark Lex conversation is going to be very, very different. And then Lex Luthor's going to say, or no, he's going to find the fortress. He's going to find the Phantom Zone projector. He's going to bring back Zod, not Inersa. He's going to say, I'll let you rule the world, but I just want Australia. The, the next scene is going to be, got the Luthor mansion and Superman's going to bust through those double doors. It's you did this, Lex. You did this, Lex. It's your fault. You did this. <laughs> and Lex will be like, and you're gonna to have to do a security check when you come in because you're not welcome here anymore. <laughs> wow! Except it'd be the Luther office; it wouldn't be the mansion. The mansion yeah. is gone. That's true. The mansion's dead. He's just got somebody's got to burst through double doors when confronting Lex. That's just how it goes. Well, yeah. Or so, the window. So he we'll, flies up to the window. So we'll see how different the conversation is now that Clark can kind of take the kid's gloves off and mm. not be so fumbling, bumbling. Fumbling, bumbling. And the other thing is he really can let Lex have it now because it's not like he could turn around and mess with his family and stuff. True. So hmm. It'll be interesting to see Fallout Superhero go after him. But he could go after Oliver, so... Well, he could, which means he could go after Chloe, which means he could go after Lois. Yeah. Chloe would taser Lex or do something horrid to him. She can fight now. Yes, I know. But not with a baby in her stomach. Oh, God. No. No, she has to be pregnant. The kid. No, I'm saying, but don't go there that something horrid happens. To her while she's pregnant. That's impossible. We know the kid survives. That's true. We know this, Dan. We saw it with our own two eyes. Unless Flashpoint happens. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, that won't happen. Don't worry. This is the Smallville universe. It's realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Not that Flashpoint wasn't a good story. That was okay. Yeah. I, I didn't mind that continuity change as much as, well, well Spider-Man, but 
<laughs> guess. But anyway, to look forward to next week, we're going to have a very interesting conversation between Superman and Lex. God, I'm excited about this, and I'm really hoping that Lex's reasonings behind the shuttle crash, which I think this is probably true, there's going to be something more than insurance money. I think Brian's <laughs> a little more sophisticated. sophisticated than that, yes. He's going to have something a little bit bigger. He must. He's Brian Q. Miller. Or he's, or he's Lex had it be sabotaged to make it look like Superman caused the problem. That he set it up. Which would explain Henshaw's hatred for him. Yep. He, he played a little trick. So Henshaw's out of it in that last image. Going to be burned into his brain. Do you know what it kind of reminds me of? It's Doomsday on uh, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. With they, the Cadmus. Yeah, because they kept showing him Superman's image. So mm-hmm. he would hate him. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm going to kill you. I don't care why. Doomsday talked? Yeah, remember he talked that episode? Oh, yeah, he did. Remember he could, like, speak in, like, full sentences and everything. That was weird. To be honest, that was the first time I was introduced to Doomsday. And then I read Death of Superman. So... Well, I was a kid. Well, Doomsday has never really... How do I explain? He's had personality before. Doomsday's not supposed to be... The way he was designed in the Death of Superman story, Doomsday is not supposed to be the most important part of the story. It's more of the death. Right. He was just something that was designed to be able to kill Superman. And the aftermath was what the real story was about. Except neither of them stayed dead. Right. Because, well, they just got to keep things exciting over there in the comics. Yeah. Over there at DC. Yep. At DC Comics. DC Comics, where they work on DC Nation. It's true. And with that, I think it's time to wrap things up. Are you ready to wrap things up? Eh, why not? Okay. Well, tell everyone what we've got going on next week. It's kind of different. It's a little unfortunate for us DC Nation fans, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah definitely. On next week's Across the Airwaves DC Nation podcast, we will be covering... Wait... We will not be covering the Green Lantern the Animated Series. Because it's a rerun. Because it's a rerun of the first episode, and we will not be covering it again. Exactly. Enough said. We kind of covered it twice. On another note, we will be covering the DC Nation shorts, as well as a new episode of the Young Justice Invasion entitled Bloodlines, which should hopefully feature the return of either Wally West or Aqualad. I saw a flash in the preview. So I'm assuming Wally West. Hopefully Aqualad too. Maybe both. That would be great. And then after that we'll be covering... Wait, we won't be covering Smallville Season 11 either. (laughs) Because the print issue of Smallville Season 11 will be out next week. Therefore, we will not be covering the print edition. But stay tuned the week after for a brand new Smallville Season 11. As long as it doesn't get delayed again. No, it's not going to. Brian said it wasn't. Good. Very good. Good to know. That's good stuff. Maybe we'll give you something else to talk about next week as well, now that Smallville is not a part of things. We'll figure that out. And also, the DC Nation short is another... It's a continuation of Sword of the Atom. I'm excited to see where that goes. It's part two of Sword of the Atom. Oh. So I'm excited about that. Yes. Can't wait for that. Also, in the meantime, you can check out 
our Smallville's Retro Review show, which is hosted by Michael and Wu. God, is that on hiatus right More now? Like, um, we're going. We still um are doing episodes at this point. Um, I literally this morning just released episode twenty-seven, in which we talk about the Avengers a little bit. We talked about the Supernatural finale and the whole seven season as a whole. And we talk more about season 11 of Smallville. So if you want to check that out, you definitely can. And if you want to complain to Wu about not watching Chuck yet, you can find him at WSK9002 on Twitter. Very nicely but, done. Thank you. But yeah, we, uh, we're not on hiatus yet. We're still going to do two more episodes. Uh, next week we won't have one because I will be out of town. So I won't be able to record. And... We're going to do a Klana episode, hopefully, and then we're going to end with our five favorite Smallville episodes. Okay. And one of those we want you on. Okay. We'll work that out. So pick which one you want, and then let me know. I'm going to say right now the five favorite Smallville episodes. Yeah, I figured you would. Because okay. I'm not touching Kalana with a 99 to the half foot pole. That's his doing. I don't want to do that one <laughs> as much, but, you know. Uh, yeah. Just let him get it out of his system. Yeah. And also, retro reviews, when Wu finishes Chuck, will also involve reviews of Chuck. And among other things, added to their mixed bag podcast, as I call it. Also, you can check out the original Across the Airways podcast, which covers live action shows. Again, we are currently on hiatus. You can listen to our backlog of episodes, though, but we will be back doing an episode on the new Nickelodeon Avatar The Last Airbender series, Legend of Korra, and also discussing the finale for Modern Family, and that should be about two weeks away, I think, is what we're going to do with that. But again, we needed a break. I was getting a little burnt out covering some shows. Then again, some of the shows we liked got really crappy, like Boats. So, Nico and I felt we needed to go back to the drawing board. Got some things we were doing with the original ATA. But uh, we're in the process of making that show better for you. So just keep an eye out for when we release our next episode. Also right now, to appease you guys, while we're on hiatus, Michael and I have a new podcast miniseries that we're working on. It's called Road to the Dark Knight Rises podcast. And uh, we've already done a commentary on Batman Begins, where we watched the movie and kind of talked about it while we were watching it. And Michael and I also have plans to provide you with audio commentary on the other two films leading up to the highly anticipated final film in the Christopher Nolan Batman series that's coming out on July 20th. Okay, what's the name of that movie coming out, Michael? The Dark Knight Rises. And right now we just recorded the commentary on Batman Begins. That should be out soon. We're also planning on recording on Batman Gotham Knights, which is the animated film that took place in between Batman Begins and Dark Knight. We're also going to be doing a commentary on The Dark Knight. Then, of course, we're going to be seeing The Dark Knight Rises and probably discussing that after the movie comes out. So, definitely, for everything Batman, stay tuned to Across the Airwaves. Also, if you'd like to talk with us about your predictions about Green Lantern, Young Justice, Dark Knight Rises coming out, or our favorite live-action shows returning to the fall, you can feel free to contact us through email at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's across the airwaves at gmail.com. And you can also access that by clicking the link on our website 
at www.acrosstheairways.com. Also, you can keep in touch with our podcast through Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Get through being connected to us on any of those three social networking sites, you can keep track of all the movie and TV news that Nico finds out during the week and also stay updated on our podcast releases. So again, you can do that through Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. And you can win prizes. No, you can't. No, sorry. Sorry. And our Twitter, just so you know, is Across Airwaves. There's no thought there. It's just Across Airwaves. Also, you can access all this through a link on our website. Also, we have a voicemail if you would like to call us with your thoughts on our show or any of your theories for the shows we talk about. And what's that number, Michael? One seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. Also, you can access our YouTube channel, which features all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming movies, TV show episodes, and ATA events. And those are videos made by Michael himself. Which I really need to update. <laughs> yeah, she really needs to update. But he did a cool video uh, for Green Lantern set to Star Wars music. So definitely check that out. It's great stuff. That's on my channel, though. That's on Michael's channel. But you can check that out, and you can access it kind of through our channel. And yeah. You can? I'll work on that. Okay. Also, uh, with our YouTube channel, you can access a playlist featuring all the DC Nation shorts that are available on the internet. So if you want to get updated on those shorts or want to be able to watch them to follow along with our show, feel free to check out that playlist. Also, if you don't want to go back and listen through this podcast for all the ways you can contact us, you can access our Android app by clicking the link on the right-hand side of our page. By downloading that app, you can access all the ways you can contact us and podcast episodes through your cellular phone. So once again, for Michael's Retro Reviews co-host, Wu Kim, and my original Across the Airwaves co-host, Nico Rice Tech, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until the next, DC Nation, we will catch you on the airwaves. See ya, everybody. Have a great week. Keep enjoying Smallville and the summer and everything. See ya. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.